everybody. You've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm Andrew. This is Josh. Oof. That was take 75. Oh, man. That was bad. <laughs> it was like I was eating a protein bar before that, but like that explains nothing. I'm going to cut out the first handful of takes because you're mm. going to sound like a lunatic. The first few words were fine. It's because I was telling a passionate story right before this, so it's fine. That we can't share on air because yeah, you don't want to hurt feelings. Well, it's okay. <laughs> it's, you know, it was Mayfair related, but that's all that matters. It is the week of November 20th already. Mm. 20th through the 26th. And we'll be chatting about a new week of movies because we're still open. Man, we survived Friday the 13th, apart from the fact that it's playing tonight, technically. But Yeah, the first ever non-Friday the 13th. Monday the Monday the 16th. 16th. It's like not scary, but it's fun. Well, we sold out Friday night, which is great. 50 people, which is this strange world we're in now where you get as excited for 50 people as we used to get for selling out Saturday morning <laughs> cartoons or getting 300 people for Parasite or something like that. And you must have turned a few people away, I would assume. Yeah, yeah. It worked well. Most of them were advanced ticket sales, I think. Yeah. Pretty much, mu yeah, the, the majority were advanced tickets. I think Andrew turned one person away, or did you? Uh, was there, it, was there it that few, lucky? There were a few people who uh, I had to turn away. They showed up a little late. So. Yeah. It's so sad. But tell them to come back on Monday. Yep. That's today. If he but, hasn't told them yet, they're screwed. <laughs> too bad. Oh, well. But it was that movie. It's this argument of film. Actually, it's an argument I don't really hear very much anymore, but film versus digital, mm -hmm. vinyl versus digital, that kind of stuff. But say if we had screened a 35 millimeter print of Friday the 13th Part 2 from 1981, even best case scenario, there is some fun about that. There's some nostalgia about that, mm -hmm. but you're not going to have a great experience. Like there's going to be probably like, Parts cut out. There's going to be bad sound. There's going to be bad picture. Holy cow. That screening we had on Friday night, it was the most perfect digital print I've seen of this movie. And it's funny that this caliber of movie is getting these beautiful restorations. Yeah, for sure. And like for the box set, it's funny because they really only restored the first four, which is kind of like, I don't like a lot of people consider that to be the series in a way, like not me, obviously, but you know, well, like part, part four is the last one. Yeah, exactly. It's the final, I mean, it's the final shot. What yeah, happens so after that? I don't think they made more to be honest, but yeah, like it's to me, I think six is the best one just cause it's like, it's very tongue in cheek, like good it's kills. Good. Yeah. It's kind of a goofy self-referential kind yeah. of thing. And it's fun. It's, it's a bit of a, more of a throwback horror to at times, like there's some fun sort of shout outs and stuff like that. Like it's really, it's, it's the James Bond opening one, you know? So it's like everybody knows oh, that right. bit, you know? So, but it's funny because like one to four is sort of a contained story more or less. Like it's, you gotta really make some of the edges, you know, work to make it sensical. But it is funny because a lot of people complain. They're like, oh, why didn't you do new transfers of all 10 movies? And you're like, well, first of all, like a lot of people, how good are some of them going to look? Second of all, a lot of people hate several of those. Like, I mean, the last five <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, it's, and then, but it's a cost thing. Like, honestly, like it's crazy how we're so used to at this point and like younger viewers, especially like to see these pristine 4K, whatever, 2K even transfers. And you're just like, Oh, why doesn't everything have that? As if you can just like snap your fingers and just make it happen. But it's like there's so much work and money and time that goes into these transfers. It's pretty astounding. I heard about the effort that it took to put out the Blu-rays of Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm -hmm. It was shot on film back in 87 to 94. I think it was all shot on film. Man. And they had to go back to the original film, recut it, and then digitize that mm -hmm. because if not they would have been working off of 
beta cam tapes, I yeah, guess. Yeah, like three quarter inch or beta or whatever. Yeah. And it w- yeah, it wouldn't have looked good. That's insane. That, that's like <laughs> 26 45 minute episodes times seven years. I don't know how long that took them, but that must have been like a group of editors working on that for a couple years or something. Yeah. And that would be also uh, the same thing that they did with the original series. Because I know yeah, they, they yeah, had... Yeah. And what was cool with that was that on the Blu-rays and DVDs possibly too, but on the Blu-rays for sure, they had the option to do either version, like the touched up ones or not. Because they did touch up some of the effects that looked hokey or just looked bad from today's standards. But, you know, a lot of people complain about that, like with Star Wars, where they're just sort of like, okay, it's nice that you touched up stuff, but you're not giving us the option of seeing the untouched stuff. Right. And so it, it was kind of cool that they even did that for the original series. And and I think sort of to answer the point you're kind of hinting at, Star Trek and Star Wars, that's one of those series where you do have grown up, well off nerds who will pay. <laughs> who will and pay. That's yeah. kind of the thing. Because like, there's so much like obscure 70s, 80s horror that, you know, there's a, there's a niche audience for and there's a pretty big audience for. But something like Star Trek, like it's just... I don't want to typecast, but I mean, there's there's so many Star Trek fans that ended up being very successful and, you know, and having kids, sharing that with their kids and just, you know, kind of like the Star Trek version of Lee, I would imagine, where you just have yeah. like, it's not, it's not, the cost doesn't matter so much as having that, having the best version of that, you know? And, well, Star Trek's a great example right now of getting what you pay for or like participating to make the thing you like keep going mm-hmm. because in the States... The new shows are on CBS All Access, and it costs whatever, five bucks a month to get that or whatever. Mm -hmm. But they seemingly have put a halt on making Star Trek movies and are just making TV shows. But as we speak, there's Star Trek Discovery on TV, Picard coming back, Mm -hmm. a spinoff show, or maybe two spinoff shows of Discovery coming out, and two animated series. And they're all like overlapping, and that's all because... 90% 90% of people signing up for CBS All Access are trickies. Yeah. So they're like, keep making it. So they're just going to keep making it. Mm-hmm. And so it's a good example of, that's why Kickstarter at its best works when I chipped into the Mystery Science Theater thing and got a bunch of Mystery Science Theaters produced. Mm-hmm. All because of me. Man, and it's it, Twilight Zone's on that one as well, right? Is that the yes. CBS? Yeah, that's what I thought. So it's like, it's interesting, sort of that juxtaposition where you have Star Trek is just this monolithic thing and Twilight Zone is huge, but like, it's not that same thing you know and i i don't know if that's just because it's been watered down after the 80s effort and like you right. know the later and it's like i enjoy the new twilight zone i mean it's not the same as the original series obviously but it's it's cool just for me that's the kind of series where just even just the name and the idea of a premise is enough for me where i'm just like oh, oh twilight zone you know like just i'll pretty much watch anything they put out with that even if it's not going to be great because Inevitably, there's going to be one or two good stories, just like the 80s series. You know, there was a couple of good ones. It's it's more cheesy and dated. Any but, anthology is, yeah. I love. And they're probably the most hit and miss of almost any genre, really. But that's what I like about them, because you're, you're getting more so with an anthology film. You know, you're going to get three to five options of a good story. And even if one hits, then you're just like, oh, wow, that one story, you know, but... It's, it's that much more special when you do get something like a Christmas horror story or like ghost stories, you know, that are genuinely good top to bottom anthology films. I rewatched Steven Spielberg's Amazing Stories a while back, mm. which it's so funny. It's like, through the eyes of a kid, I love that show. And then watching it now, I was like, eh, that show's not very good. <laughs> like, but it's very like it had, you know, Spielberg directed some, Scorsese, I think, Clint Eastwood, a lot of big directors worked on it. Yeah. Robert Zemeckis probably, but it's just, it's yeah, it's like any anthology. Like your favorite anthology, usually if there's like four episodes in it, 
there's one that you're kind of like, ah, that one's not the best, but you love one of the other ones. Yeah, and I think I watched the new series of that, of Amazing Stories. I think it was on Apple TV. Yeah. Or but I think they only did three episodes. That's weird nowadays where they're yeah. just like, like a season is three episodes. <laughs> it was so weird and it was good, but it's three episodes. And yeah. then you're like, well, Do okay. Do more? Yeah, like I, I don't even know how long it took them to make that. And you're like, is the next season going to have maybe four at least? Like, come it's on. like at that point, they should have just done it like a Twilight Zone or Creepshow style movie. Mm-hmm. It's just three episodes. Yeah, it never, it didn't really make sense to me, but I mean, it was good enough. Although that said, like now that I think about it, I'm like, I couldn't tell you what the episodes were about, but there were, you know, it's, it's just, I, I am a sucker for that. Like, especially, I don't know if it's a short attention span thing or, or just, but like even as a kid, I really loved anthology books or anything like that because, you know, especially like, monster stuff or like ghost stuff whatever you know because it's just i love the option of like trying a bunch of different things you know and and, and I've, I've liked that with you know we've had some cool stuff like uh like nightmare cinema you know or i thought that that was a pretty cool thing you know like it's it's maybe i don't remember all the stories now but i remember it thinking like i just have a lot of respect when you can get that much talent on board and and have it work even at all you know Cause yeah it's, i it's think they're doing hard. another one or they want to do another one they mm-hmm. This year happened. Yeah, but. that would be a good web series even too, or, or TV show or something like that, you know? Because like, I've, I've been enjoying the the Creepshow TV series. It's not on the level of the movies, but well, the first two movies anyways. Were there cinematic anthologies back in the day or did that start up in like the 70s and 80s? Like uh, back- they did, there were like... Like Dead of Night was... Uh... A bit, a bit You're of talking about one. horror ones? Like anything. Like back in the 50s and 60s where the, they're... The Italian filmmakers did. Mm-hmm. There's like... Uh, like Mario Bava was... The, there's a there's like a French New Wave one. Oh, really? Wow. Uh, I, I forget what it's it called. Like and then there, there's like Fellini and some other... Like De Sica, they did some... So they probably started in like the late 50s or 60s. Dead of Night was 45, I think. That was an early... Because that's the one with the, like the creepy uh, marionette puppet. A lot of people like sort of reference it. Although a lot of people haven't actually seen it, but they know that they're like, oh yeah, the creepy puppet. Everyone remembers the creepy puppet ones for some reason or like a creepy marionette of some kind. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it's, it's good. Like it's, it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's old school. It's, but I mean, the black and white really adds a creepiness to some of that stuff, I feel like. But I mean, it's not all gravy, you know, but like that stuff really, it definitely hit a heyday in like 60s, 70s and like. All the hammer stuff. And oh the, yeah. And the amicus stuff. Like I just, I like, I love all that. It's, it's. It's rare to have one, you know, hit top to bottom, you know, but like when they do like the 1973 Tales from the Crypt is great. That's a really good anthology. And, you know, like there's, you know, for me, I'll even take two bad stories if I get one great one, like kind of, you know, the Monster Club is a favorite of mine, as you know, and like, it's just silly. Like it's, you know, really only one of the stories is like good, but the other two are fun. They're silly fun, you know, and and just the wraparound stuff. It's like when you get guys like Vincent Price and David Carradine, like, more so Vincent Price, you know, like just involved in uh, Donald Pleasance, you know, you can just like, it's pretty easy to just buy in and have fun. And that's kind of all I personally, that's all I need. Just a, a good vibe, you know? Well, then they tried doing not like a bunch of shorts in each movie, but Tales from the Crypt tried to do it in the nineties when they did Demon Knight mm-hmm. and Bordello of Blood. And I think the intention was maybe like every Halloween they yeah. were going to do it. And it would work because if you have different crews working on it, different teams, mm-hmm. you could crank out one horror movie every halloween yeah but then they just did two and then that it, didn't work there's actually a lesser known third one called ritual that never oh, yeah. got released officially i think it eventually did but at the time it just sat on the shelf i, I can't remember why but when it came out it didn't have the crypt keeper in it and no, stuff right I yeah think they just did it you know it was kind of 
known at that point what it was supposed to be, but it just kind of got dumped. Like I remember seeing it at Turning Point, like at the used place, and just I don't know. It's not supposed to be very good. Like no, I remember. I, it was... I think Christopher Lee might be in it though. He's never in bad movies. I know exactly <laughs> right. So it must be good, but I just—it's just one of those things. Like I'm sure it's a fun curio, but it's just—but like Demon Knight, it's actually good. And Bordello Blood, like I—I I, I enjoyed, but I feel like maybe wasn't as good. Yeah, I saw it like once back in the day. Yeah, like it'll be, I think it, it starred Dennis Miller, didn't it? So I mean, yeah, Dennis Miller, Corey <laughs> Feldman. Oh man, wow! Yeah, what a cast. And oh, Angie Everhart, I believe, was the vampire. Vampire. How did it flop? I don't know. There's all they had all the top names. They didn't have Treat Williams, so it didn't. No, really, no treat. You couldn't have couldn't have won <laughs> entirely, but still, no, those were fun. I miss those. Like I'm, I'm wondering if like we're ever gonna get a reboot of that Tales from the Crypt. Like now that you would think Creepshow's done pretty well. Like we're well, we don't even have a Blu-ray release, and apparently it's similar reasons to the Star Trek stuff. Is just that they weren't really stored very well, and they're they're not they don't have Blu-ray quality stuff. Like they'd have to painstakingly go episode by episode and and just redo them all. So I mean, the market's there, but they're starting to run out on. Like I don't want to be the naysayer of physical media, but it's like eh, you may want to hurry up. Oh, for sure. The, the only people buying physical media right now are us nerds. Yeah, like. That's it. Because anyone I know with kids where physical media used to be the big Christmas item, whether it be, you know, I need Batman or Star Wars or Little Mermaid, like anything like that would be the Santa present. That's nothing now. Any kid under the age of 30 yeah. <laughs> like doesn't care. I remember Anya saying her boyfriend doesn't even have a DVD or Blu-ray player. So... It's companies like Shout Factory are pumping out really awesome kind of collectible stuff. But the average buyer isn't going to buy, say, Mulan. They're just going to have a subscription to Disney Plus and it'll be on there. Like, mm. it's as I've said, like, there's not going to be a Red Ray. Like, Blu-ray's a Red Ray. Yeah, like, <laughs> there's not going to be the next evolution of physical media is just going to be well there's blue for like 4k 4K. is like the thing but yeah i don't see an 8k like i mean it may happen but the market's gonna be so small by that point i don't see don't human beings tap out at like 5k or 4k or something like yeah apparently no i saw something on youtube where like the human eye can't you can't really see 4k or you can't like it can only process so much i think i thought bill nye the science guy told me that whatever 5k you know we could do it but it would only be of use to bald eagles and wolves like yeah. like wouldn't it's that be an not odd number two like if they did 2k and 4k like yeah. if they did five it would just be weird at this point like so we've kind of good news bad news we've kind of topped out yeah. of where our brains and eyeballs can enjoy a picture we've peaked as <laughs> yeah. a society uh, physical wise here physical next will be format. the matrix and then uh, that's it yeah it's weird. and i think you know so much of the it, it depends on like the size of the screen or the tv or whatever that you're watching on so like theoretically if you had an amazing home theater setup sure maybe you could spot a difference but how many people have that you know like oh yeah and like the average person like my mom has a blu-ray player and a decent sized little flat screen TV, but it was when her age range stopped getting cable. Mm-hmm. The same thing as newspapers. As grown ups stopped getting newspapers, as grown ups stopped subscribing to cable. And she's actually gotten good. We've kind of taught her about how, like, oh, there's these free services and you could do this. And we actually got her set up on her phone with mm-hmm. the apps and stuff. Because, yeah, like, it's, it's interesting, like, where you would walk into a store not that long ago, like a Best Buy, and there'd be aisles of. DVDs mm-hmm. 
that doesn't exist anymore. No, they have like one bunk if you're lucky, and and even that. My my mom, it's the opposite of that. Oddly enough, because my parents have like 200 channels, they have the top cable package because they're retired and right. like my dad doesn't really have friends like in a non-depressing <laughs> way but like he just he's, he's listening right now in a I, single tier oh he's not <laughs> he's like, but it's like he that's his entertainment you know like they don't really go out like he gets groceries that's it but you know they just watch tv and stuff and and that's fine you know but the weird thing is like since she got she has you know her tablet and everything they have netflix and they have prime and she's like oh what's britbox you know what's the and she's getting all these things would i need this i was like you have 200 channels and a pvr like it drives me crazy and it's like none of my business technically but i'm just like you don't need more content. I don't understand. Like, just get less cable. Or, but then infringes on my dad's stuff, I guess, because he's not using any like Netflix or anything like that. He's the curmudgeon of the family, so which I thought was me, but it's him. And so, is this one of these things? We just literally this weekend had the same discussion. I'm like trying not to get mad about it, but because I'm like, I guess you can do whatever you want. You're retired, but I'm like, why do you have all these services? I don't get it. Back in the before times when we could still travel, visiting Gwen's folks out in Halifax. Um, in Dartmouth, to be specific, the because they don't. That's like a big rivalry, Dartmouth yeah, and Halifax. But same thing, they have the fanciest cable because they're grown ups and can afford it. But we would go and be doing things like pausing the TV or finding things, or there'd be even on channels you don't have, there'd be like free previews. Mm. So like a movie channel might have fifty movies you could just watch. Yeah. So you don't have it, but there's like this little preview, and they were always like. Oh, where did you find that? Where's this? What do you want? And it's just like, man, if if I had the 200 channel universe, I, I'm content with what I have now. But I'd be I'd be making the most of it. Yeah. But like Andrew, you don't have Netflix, right? No, I do. What do you not have? I thought you didn't have something. I don't have. Uh... You, did you get Disney? I have Disney. I have uh, I have Prime. I'm not. I mean, unless just, there's something I don't know I've about. Been spreading these rumors. He doesn't even know what he doesn't have. I've been spreading <laughs> these rumors about Andrew that he doesn't have Netflix. Just everything you I say. rarely watch it. There was yeah. somebody I was talking to recently who didn't have Netflix, and it kind of surprised me. But then it's one of those things like the re- this will be a good segue because we have a Netflix movie coming up. Is that not everyone has Netflix? And so you assume that it's just like electricity or a stove that just everyone has Netflix, but <laughs> yeah. you're like, nope, some people don't have it. But yeah, it's weird now because we've got kind of the basics, but yeah, there's always more you could get. I don't have enough hours in the day to watch what we have now, but if I had 100% disposable income and a few more hours in the day, I would totally get Shutter. I would totally get some other stuff like Criterion that. Channel. Yeah. Oh, you have that, right? I have Criterion Channel. I have, I have Shutter. But I'm probably not going to keep it. Like, I, I can't. That's a frustrating thing. There's just too many channels. and Yeah, and like, I come, I come to see a movie here once or twice a week. And just, yeah, there's not enough hours in the day. And it's just, I'm never at a loss. Like, mm-hmm. my morbid joke is that on my deathbed, I'm not going to be like, I did it. I watched everything I wanted to watch. No, and I still can't delete stuff that I have. I'm just like, I'm never going to watch this. But then again, you know, like... I never, I, I don't have a Shutter subscription at the moment, but like one, have you watched Horror Noir yet? I know we shouldn't talk no. about stuff that you can't, but yeah, apparently that let's is. Let's stop talking about TV. I'm sorry, time. but this, uh, like, yeah, it's apparently, it's, it's focused uh, on like the history of black horror, basically. Oh, cool. And so they go all the way through back from, you know, 30s onward kind of thing. Apparently it's just excellent, but it's only available on Shutter. So like, before you get rid of Shutter, maybe watch a that. Shutter original. Yeah, yeah. Like, apparently it's just incredible. And I just, I'm just 
lazy and well i don't know if it's that or it's just but what we Josh screened said. something that was shutter i can't remember we screened some um, horror movie that was shutter recently yeah. or within the last few months and, and I, I think so i think it might be that they it's kind of like one of the netflix ones that they had nothing to do with they just kind of picked up the rights after the fact kind right of thing. Yeah, so yeah, it might yeah. have been one of those things where because yeah. i i because I mean, Train to Busan Two was a Shutter. Oh, maybe that's, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. It had the brand on the on the screen. Anyhow. Yeah, because at that point it was already out overseas, kind of thing. And then Shutter got the because they had it briefly before it got a Blu-ray release. It was really weird that how that one worked out. I don't really know, but yeah, no, but they've been doing good work. Like I remember when Shutter first came out, I was kind of I'll stop talking about Shutter after this. But We're gonna talk just, about movies right after this. Yeah, I was just you know I, I I was like, well, that's cool, but you know, is there really gonna be enough of a market for that? Because like I used to love the Scream Channel when I did have cable back in the day, and and then it just got worse and worse and disappeared. And it's like it's cool that you know even if I don't particularly have it, I love that there is that hub for horror fans. You know, it's fun. I've never heard of TV. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I think you brought it up. I believe oh, you said God. the word TV. God damn it. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Okay, let's mention the movies from November 20th through the 26th. Our Ottawa premiere of Vanguard continues. We mm. had it for a one-night-only thing, a, a strangely dubbed fan event screening. Nice. I didn't think that already happened. Sneak preview. Sneak preview. That shows. Were you here for it, either of you? It I hasn't have, happened yet. It's, oh, I, it's, my bad. it's in the future from was, where we are now, but in the you. past of when people will be listening. Oh, okay, that's what. Because so. I was like, this is weirdly worded. I was being professional. Okay. Jackie Chan's latest <laughs> triumph. Latest triumph, and it's from the director of Supercop and hmm. Rumble in the Bronx. Man, those are good. Supercop had the shark scene in it. I think was that Supercop where he's in oh, that's that. The, he's... That's first strike. Ah, which my, I my bad. Think is Police Story Four. I wish they all. <laughs> now it's getting really confusing. Well, I wish they all had sharks. But anyway, so does Vanguard have a shark? Do we know yet? As a lion. Okay, that's that's pretty good. And it's it's smartly done. It looks like it's an ensemble. So Jackie has a little bit less to do, but he's still being Jackie Chan, like just from the trailer. Yeah. But it's a smart move because, you know, Jackie's a senior citizen. He should be slowing down a little bit. Yeah. But it's like him and half a dozen other martial arts action stars. It's like, it's like those new Bruce Willis movies where <laughs> yeah, he's not top build. Have you noticed that? Except he, Bruce gave up on everything about 10 years ago where yeah, Jackie, he's just, I think, still like enjoys life. and Yeah. Poor Bruce. Well, I wouldn't say that. No. <laughs> like, I'm sure he's fine. I remember we screened, what was it, Die Hard 5? Yeah, yeah, we screened Die Hard 5 just randomly. It must have been a slow week, so we screened <laughs> Die Hard 5. The Russian Ouch. one. Where they drive, I think they drive from Moscow to Chernobyl. Yeah. Like like they're driving from like Ottawa to Canada or something. <laughs> yeah. God. Those are all are you saying Canada is their Chernobyl of Ottawa? <laughs> well, the point is, I don't think it's, they drive there as, as if it's like a 30-minute drive, which right. I don't yeah. think it is. I think it's quite quite a long trip are you even allowed to just drive into chernobyl like that too or is that if I know you're like, bruce willis yeah yet, i don't think bruce you can go in. yeah true i didn't think about that aspect of it but yeah Die Hard five i've never seen an actor top build actor sleepwalk his way through a movie more even marlon brando at his peak when he was reading cue cards and stuff it just looked like bruce was just like I imagine him doing one line and the director being like, hey, that's good. Let's do it one more time. No, we're not doing that again. And yeah. just didn't look like he wanted to be there. It just was sad. I'm like, Bruce, I, I don't think you're that desperate for money. I think you could just yeah. stay home. You Even know? in the score, it felt like Brando was kind of trying a little, but yeah. maybe that's because they had yeah. two other good actors there too. And, and Yoda's directing them. So yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> 
But yeah, so Vanguard, it looks really cool. It's like a big, epic Hong Kong, brand new 2020 action movie. So we've mm. got the Ottawa premiere of that. Well, we also, uh, as a side note, we did play Death Wish after Die Hard 5. So oh, yeah. if you thought he slept walked through the one, boy, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, just don't even think about it. Oh, Bruce, you used to be somebody. <laughs> yeah, well. Then we have the Ottawa premiere of The Last Vermeer. Oh, this looks good. It's uh, a guy who I've never heard of before and then has popped up in my radar over and over again the last couple of months. I believe his name is Clay's Bang, and he was in The Burnt Orange Heresy, and I really liked him in oh, that. Yeah. And then he was in the Dracula miniseries on Netflix, the British Dracula miniseries that I really liked as well. So I've never seen this guy before, and now I will have seen him in two movies in a miniseries within like a month. But he's really good, and then Guy Pierce is in it as well. So that, always, apparently he's great in it too. Like that's what everyone says. And then it's always that backhanded compliment where there's like, I think it's in the trailer, and it's like Guy Pierce's best role in 20 years. And I'm like, well, that's glass half full. That's yeah. a nice thing to Guy say. Guy Pierce but... actually tries. You're like, wow, that's cool. Kind we of haven't mean. seen him in a good movie forever. <laughs> I actually, I can't think of the last thing I saw him in, to be quite honest. But actually, it might have been Prometheus. Prometheus and Prometheus Two Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. So I mean, it has been a while, maybe. Lawless. Is that what uh, that, the Tom Hardy Shia oh, yeah. LaBeouf? He's yeah. good in that. He plays the villain. Yeah, that's right. He's just kind of like one he's of those always the guys. Nowadays. He pops up. Like, I mean, I feel like he's a guy who invests or, or saved his money well, you know? Like, he doesn't, like, have to Bruce Willis his way out of Yeah. <laughs> Not to be a jerk, but if we're going in like, on is Bruce... Bruce like, I, like, does he need, you know, does he need the money or is I, he I just... I would say need, but I think it's like, here's $2 million for uh, two days work or something. It, yeah, like, a lot of these movies, I think they're two-day wonders for him. But you like look at that. because he's not top billed. It's like some guy like <laughs> yeah. Chad, Chad, Michael Murray. Say it, Chad Stay Michael Murray. You know that that's who you were thinking of. Survive the night. I know exactly the movie you were. Did he do a Chad Michael Murray? Yeah, he sure did. Not that I would know. But, but you look at other actors <laughs> of his age or about, say Michael Keaton, somebody who arguably wasn't as big of a movie star at his peak. Like he had Batman, of course, but. Mm. Michael Keaton's not embarrassing himself in weird, <laughs> straight to Netflixy kind of things. Like, oh, man. and say Sam Jackson, say Kenneth Branagh, like all these guys of about that age. But maybe just maybe it's a kind of a Nick Cage kind of thing. Like, maybe he just really likes to work. Yeah. Maybe that's something. Well, someone yeah. drew that comparison on Twitter. They were like, "Oh, you know, he's basically just Nicolas Cage now." And I was like, "Not even a little. Like, are you serious? Like, Cage actually cares. He's in not always great stuff, but he does not phone it in. Ever. No, in the worst Nick Cage movie, he's not reading cue cards. No. Whereas I haven't seen Death Wish, but in in <laughs> Die Hard Five and Death Wish, did. evidently he's just not trying. I, it's so it's sad because. Remember, like, in the good old days when he'd appear on Letterman or something, and he'd be having fun yeah. and participating, and, but it's been a long time. Like, yeah, like, like Looper is the last thing I think of. And, and even then, it was like, it wasn't an incredible role for him. But, like, I mean, considering what he'd done up to that point, like, he, he was actually trying, quote-unquote. Or Moonrise Kingdom. And- I was oh, yeah, say, yeah, it's, true, it's, true. It's Looper and Moonrise Kingdom, I think, yeah. are the two anomalies in, like, 20 years mm-hmm. of movies that he really... Because I... I there was an interview with Kevin Smith and Ryan Johnson. And Ryan Johnson hmm. said he actually had a good time on Looper with, okay. with Bruce. Whereas Kevin Smith <laughs> famously yeah. did not have a good time. No. Yeah. Whereas he was still friendly with everybody else on that cast, like Tracy Morgan and other actors. And the director of Die Hard 4 and 5 both were like, yeah, Bruce was a nightmare. So it's 
Maybe he was just in a really good mood for Looper in Moonrise Kingdom. Well, but... or and it might even be like I don't even want to suggest it, but or, well, apparently I do. But it might even be like a respect thing because you've got like Kevin Smith is a little more silly, and it's like I, I like his work, but it's like you know, oh, you made Mallrats uh, versus like oh, you know, Ryan Johnson had a pretty stellar, you know, yeah, couple yeah, of movies yeah. up to that point. It, it would suck if that was the difference where he's just sort of like because you know, like you're paid to essentially respect the director or well ideally like obviously that's not how it really works sometimes but yeah and i don't think it's not like in the divorce demi moore took all of his money or anything i don't think <laughs> no i, don't I think, think demi's doing just fine demi's doing better than him i would say you look at what she's doing like cool indie movies and stuff like that but yeah and you'd think he could have i, I don't know if it's just a he's used to the lifestyle and and like i said it's just like oh a couple days get a couple mail whatever and i wish we lived in a world where when the sentence is Bruce Willis doing another Die Hard that brought excitement, but yeah, it just makes me sad. No, like yeah, nobody. <laughs> but that does it doesn't take away that Die Hard is still amazing. Mm -hmm. That just makes it worse, you know. Like anytime someone says like, "Oh, Jaws four ruined Jaws," it's like, "No, Jaws is still Jaws." Yeah, <laughs> like oh, if they put out a Jaws five, I'd be very excited. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd be no, I wouldn't be nervous. I mean, how's it gonna be worse, <laughs> right? Like. I still think four is better than three, as a side note. But, I mean, not, neither of them. I'm not saying those are good movies by any means. <laughs> okay, continuing our programming. <laughs> yeah, after a brief That's Bruce a, Willis a brief, We're part. sorry, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard nothing about this movie. Hillbilly Elegy. It's the new movie from Ron Howard. Oh, yeah. And the writer of The Shape of Water. So It's, it's huh. based on a, a big novel. Yeah, I was reading about it kind of right in the blurb for the flyer. And it's like, it was a really big novel. Got a lot of buzz. And Ron Howard continuing to have this weird Ron Howard career yeah. where he'll do a Star Wars movie in Willow, so kind of something in that corner, and then do those Tom Hanks pseudo-Indiana yeah. Jones yeah. kind of and movies. And the Moby Dick one as well. That was a bit random. And then documentaries about the Beatles. Like, he just, <sighs> for such a kind of a vanilla guy, has yeah. a very... I think he's just doing whatever he wants and kind of can do the real mainstream stuff and then do little kind of Oscar bait movies like this. Yeah. And I love that his daughter is directing now too, which and uh, doing great. Yeah. And like, cause I mean, she did the latest Mandalorian episode. It's so good. You know, yeah. And, and Jessica it's just, Chastain. Yes, yeah. of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, but I, I told my wife and, and like it blew her mind because she, she was like, who's Bryce Dallas Howard? And I was like, what, what are you talking? I was like Jurassic world, you know, then you kept complaining that she had high heels on, even though she was running away. <laughs> yeah. She was like, that's her. That's Ron Howard's daughter. And it like blew her mind. And I was like, I'm pretty sure she was Cindy Lou who in the, Grinch. Oh, Can't maybe. Remember. I don't know. She's in the movie for sure. Yeah. Because, like, you know, why not? But, like, anybody who rolls their eyes at Bryce Dallas Howard getting to direct two episodes of Mandalorian mm -hmm. is like, okay, she grew up on movie sets. Oh, yeah. She's acted in how many movies? Just that symbiosis, she's going to learn how to direct. Mm -hmm. And she's an actor, so she has that point of view, which many directors don't. Right. So she knows how to work with actors. And Uncle George and her dad, Ron <laughs> Howard, she's been on sets of Willow. Uncle Clint. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's Ooh. not shocking. Like, if you were not a chef or a house painter, but your parents were or you hung around that a lot, you would kind of pick it up. So now I think she she's going to step her way into directing, like... Oh, yeah. A Star Wars movie or a Marvel movie or something. Or Some association least, with like Disney. She, and then she might actually get her own, like, TV show to Shepard kind of thing yeah, at some point, yeah. maybe. So, And it was cool that, like, I, I'm not sure about the one from last season, but this one was actually written by Favreau as well. So it's it's nice. Probably that, last season as well, I think. Yeah, because then you have, like, the guy, you know, direct yeah. to, 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 you know, if you need any pointers or whatever. like Or your dad, I guess. But anyway. 
And this movie is getting extra buzz, especially in this weird year for Oscars that stuff on Netflix <laughs> extra counts after all that hubbub about them being angry about Netflix movies. <laughs> yeah. Because this is a Netflix movie. We have it, and then a week after, it's going to be on Netflix. Not on Shudder. Not on Shudder. But it's got Glenn Close and Amy Adams in it. Glenn Close, who's a seven-time Oscar nominee, and Amy Adams, who's a six-time Oscar nominee. Hmm, and a six? lot of people... That's yeah, she got impressive. she got the much. She's made six movies. <laughs> she, she got six nominations in like eight years. Like just oh, I didn't know that. Just pow 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 pow. Whereas Glenn Close is over like forty years. Oh yeah. But a lot of people are saying this will be their eighth and seventh respectively. So yeah, it's it's and a she's never won. Eh? Never won. Glenn Close, but no cigar type scenario. Yeah, she has to win. They yeah. got or and or they'll give her a lifetime achievement award. For in sure, but that always years. feels like that participation yeah. medal. You know, like it's like come on. Good news, bad news. Yeah, it's still an Oscar, though. It's fine. And then our final movie this week is kind of capping off this little mini Jodorowsky film festival that we had. This is a new film called Psycho Magic, A Healing Heart. And it's a documentary. Healing Art. Healing Art, is it? Healing Art, yeah. Hmm. Oh, I totally, I 100% <laughs> typed out heart. Oh, no. That's okay. I haven't sent you it to, to the printer yet. Before this comes out. That's hilarious. <laughs> Excuse I have retitled the film. Oh, my God. Good thing Andrew was here. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, my God. And it just looks like a uh, bonkers Jodorowsky documentary. If you've yeah. seen one before, it's like he's right in the trenches of various bonkers things. Yeah. Mr. Bonkers. Mr. Bonkers. <laughs> oh, God. And and kind of like Werner. I think he's done more documentaries in the past 10, 15 years than fiction, I think. I think he's done a, a number of documentary stuff versus... Uh, like. Oh, I didn't know that. I, thought... I think so. Yeah. Or maybe it's because I've seen him in documentaries as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't, like the I don't Dune know if documentary. he's directed other documentaries besides this one. When was his last? He did a couple of feature films, like uh, Dance of Reality. And yeah, we screened one a little while ago. Endless Poetry, which are feature films about his, um, it's about his upbringing. So, like, his son plays his father in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm. they're pretty good, actually. That's, all right. <laughs> that, that threw me off. That sentence threw me off, but yeah. it sounds interesting. But they've been doing really well. It's, it's so interesting that our 9 o'clock slots, like in the last few days, Return of the Living Dead sold out. Friday 13th, Part 2 sold out. The other Jodorowsky film we had, both nights got like 40-something people. Holy uh, Mountain. Holy yeah. Mountain, yeah. So it's, That's it's, basically a sellout for those types of movies. I mean, Yeah, <laughs> and, it, and it's... If we keep rolling along like this, we're hanging in there. We're, we're, we're not going to die. No, so. none of us are getting our uh, gold-plated top hat Christmas bonuses, but uh, yeah. we'll be here in a year. You don't have to do a uh, Christmas party this year either because we can't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the long con. Save a bit of cash there. Sorry, we canceled Christmas. Ah, well. But yeah, that's our movies this week. And we also are hosting a few events for the Auto Adventure Film Festival. Mm. You can go to oaff.ca to check that out it's a bunch of short films and a best of they had initially had more but just because of covid and everything they've kind of whittled their festival down a bit but are still doing some in cinema stuff along with a bunch of virtual cinema stuff at home i believe is it oaf oaf yeah it is O-A-F-F. i never noticed that. the oaf film Fest. you oaf that's one of my favorite insults so it's and this is how i'll remember the festivals yeah so there we go our friends at oaf our friends at oaf oh, man. but they're great and it's so sad this year for a number of reasons but they've always been such a great client and mm-hmm. back in the day of a year ago it would pack the place oh, yeah. like yeah. pack for oh, like, like four different nights insane pack just some of those those always do well and it's crazy like, and they would do fun stuff like have a band in and have a stand-up comedian as a host and mm-hmm. have beer so this year what they did is we came in i just kind of came in to babysit but 
they pre-recorded social distance safe pre-recorded their band it was a two-person band and their host doing some things and that stuff's going to be on screen before and during intermissions so it's going to be kind of like a virtual band and host instead of having extra people here because that would have to entail extra safety precautions so they're rolling with the punches like everybody is nowadays man i'm just glad that we were able to make that work yeah it's like it would have been really sad to miss out on that and hopefully they'll be back next year with a Big as per normal oh, man. event Fingers next crossed. November. Oh, God. We did it. Eric has to go and do other things Don't with his friends. Don't blow it friends. now. You almost blew it. We're good. We're, we're at 4.29 p.m. Oh, perfect. perfect. Yeah. I'll be out of here by 4.30. Yay. Hurrah. So thanks for listening, everybody. Stay tuned to all of our social media and our website. I'm just kind of going one day at a time because people keep asking me, like, do you think you'll close again? And I'm like, I, I don't know. No, We don't want to think that. Come on. I, I have the inside track. I say, Stop asking no. jerk questions. Everything's better from here on in. But yeah, we'll have all of our stuff online. We got a ton of premieres the rest of the year. I think there's about, I don't know, a dozen posters up on the main page of the website. Man. So that will be rolling out for the next few weeks. All kinds of good stuff. And any second now, we'll probably officially booked Die Hard, speaking of our pal Ooh. Bruce, and have that up there. Die Hard 5, I hope. But if this, the best one. Yeah. The best one, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that make people insane? That would be so funny. <laughs> Die Hard booked. We're going to play Die Hard 5, which is both not good, and <laughs> forget the argument of whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie oh or not. God. This one is actually not a Christmas movie. Just put the V really small after Die Hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that should be any second, because we're a month away from Christmas when this podcast drops, Damn. so... There you go. Crazy. And go visit House of Targ. Our friends across the street are doing weekend pickups and dine-ins for the time being, which Mm. is awesome. And we'll be back next week with more news of what's coming up in December at the Mayfair. Thanks, everybody. Bye. 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 Now, what we really need is a Nicolas Cage and Bruce Willis movie. That way I can be like, see, one of them was trying. (laughs) Universal Pictures is proud to present the motion picture directing debut of one of America's most talented and respected artists. Cut! Cut, 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 cut! Oh, hello, kitties. So glad you could join me. Your pal, the Crypt Keeper, has gone Hollywood in a big way. I'm directing my first feature film. Care for a little shriek preview? (laughs) For my big screen premiere, I wanted lots of suspense. Uh-oh. Special effects. Sex. Yeah. Violence. The kind of thing you could really sink your teeth into. Hi! Frights! Camera! Action! It's about a chase through the ages. A race against time. The war between good and evil. Come on out, everybody. It's time to play. And the final battle between man... I'm sorry. ...and demon. I'm not gonna hurt you. I lied. It stars Billy Zane from Dead Calm, William Sadler from Die Hard 2, and Jada Pinkett from Menace to Society. Ooh, I love those titles. And you'll love Demon Knight. The hair! The demon's the hair! And ladies, if you think Demon Knight is too gross and yucky... Wow! Thank you! <laughs> <laughs>